Good morning. Hi, Tom. Good morning, everyone. My name is Missy, and this is the Money Matters podcast. Today, I have with me a very, very good friend of mine. She's a financial advisor, um, a mortgage broker, and she's very, very good. She's helped me with um, with mortgages. I mean, we were both um, brokers. I don't know about maybe 10, 10, almost 10, maybe 12 years ago, yeah. um, working for the same network. And then I left, but she's, she's continued. Um, and she, she deals with all sorts of cases. She's got a lot of support, a very good support system behind her. And I thought it would be good, you know, to invite her to tell us about mortgages, um, and specifically about, um, mortgages for first-time buyers so we can get you know people who are looking to get on the property ladder give them good solid advice as to what to do to get them ready for when they want to apply and what the process is like you know how different things are worked out and all of that so she's an expert in her field and unlike me she can give advice so let's welcome to hello to how are you I'm good, thank you. Thanks for letting me come on to your podcast. It's, it's a great pleasure. And I know you have a lot of things to to share with our, with our listeners. And I'm, I know I've spoken to a few people about the fact that I'm going to be speaking with an expert. And they're definitely looking forward to this episode. Um, can you tell us about yourself? How did you get into mortgages? And what has your experience been, you know, in the financial industry? Wow. Okay. Um, where do I start? Okay. I am a graduate in accounting and finance, and um, that I done when I was in Lake, uh, in Nigeria, Lagos, Nigeria, and then came over back uh, to the UK to um, settle, and. Um, my first um, job was uh, working with the Halifax and I rose through the ranks from being a cashier, an interviewer, and then gone on to the business call team. When I was on the business call team, I dealt with um, clients dealing with their mortgages, doing product transfers, as well as um, if um, they're interested in maybe doing a remortgage, then I refer them uh, to the uh, online um, mortgage advisors and that's where I got my interest in mortgages and after doing my CMAP uh, then branched out left the Halifax branch out and then decided to be an independent um, mortgage advisor and that's how I started with Aitana and now I'm a financial advisor so I have a vast experience and this whole thing started since 1995. So I have had that experience starting with the Halifax, dealing with clients with a sole lender, and then uh, subsequently working with the Aitana, which gave me the opportunity to uh, work with panels of um, mortgage advice and um, mortgage lenders. So um, that's me up to date. Oh, thank you very much. So as you can hear, she's very good at what she does. She has the experience. 
and um, I, I personally thought she would be very very good for us because like you've heard from her she's she's had the experience of direct with lender so going to your own bank and then she has the experience of going whole of markets or at least most of the market is not the whole of market so she knows how both sides works and I think she'll be well placed you know to be able to give us advice now what I would suggest is if you have any questions if you want her to you know give you advice specifically um, I'm not going to tell her to give you her number but maybe her email address so that you can get in touch or you can get in touch with me send me a message you know either call me or send us a message anyway we'll, we'll try and put you in touch with her so um so um of course we are in lockdown at the moment things are easing and a lot of my listeners have been asking is this a good time to buy and if they want to buy would they be able to get a mortgage what would your answer be to that question um my answer to the question okay there's never a good time to buy it's dependent on your own um being able to afford a mortgage um at the moment yes we have the lockdown and lenders are a little bit nervous with lending obviously due to the pandemic but if you have had your savings and you have enough money to um make a purchase this could be the best time for you to uh, um, do your purchase. I do know that um, there have been some withdrawal of policies where um, loan to value have been reduced. Um, no, have been increased rather, because we do not no longer have the 5% loan to value for um, most lenders. The only um, opportunity to take advantage of the 5% loan to value is only when you go for the help to buy. Otherwise, lenders' um, minimum loan to value now is 10%. Um, But having said that, like I said, if you have enough savings to actually make a purchase, you might as well go go along and make your purchase because um, the market at the moment um, later on could be unpredictable so it might go up it might go down um but i would say like i said make your purchase don't let um the current situation um deter you from your determination of buying a property indeed 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 i'm hearing from a lot of estate agents that the price of properties are actually coming down because not many people are buying and the people who really want to move are desperate to move so they will take a discount or reduce the purchase price just so that they can move they can move they can get out of the property if they need to but that's good um in your answer there are quite a few things that you said so you talked about loan to values you talked about um five percent ten percent you also talked about the help to buy um so i'm going to try and let's try and unpack that a bit when you say five percent 10% loan to value. Can you explain that better? What does that mean? Is that the amount of deposit that I have to put down? You know, can you just shed a bit more light on that? Okay. When I go loan to value, that means that, okay, the bank would give you certain loan and then this is the value of the property. What I mean by 5%. So if you have a 100,000 uh, mortgage, 
the lender is expecting you to put down 5% of that, um, the value of the property. So say a hundred and a hundred thousand property, you are expected to put five, at least 5,000 pounds down as you deposit. Likewise, the same thing as 10%, you're expected to put down 10,000 pounds of that, uh, of the value of that property. It is a good thing for you to, um, if you can afford it, you can put more, the more um, deposit you put down, the um, more competitive rates you get. So I normally advise um, first-time buyers or my clients that if they've got more deposit, it is better because they get more competitive rates. And when I go interest rates and stuff, that means that the interest rate you'll be paying on your loan will be lower compared to someone who is putting out down a higher uh, deposit. Uh, when I mean a higher deposit as well, that means that the least you can put down is 5%. If you put down 5%, that means that your rate might be slightly higher than someone that puts down more than 5%. Thank you. That is very, very interesting. So basically, what Tommy is saying unto us is that um, the more money you put down as a deposit on the purchase of your property, one, it gives you added security because you're borrowing less. Two, you get a better rate. So even though the lender might say put down a 10% deposit, if you have more to put down, then she is advising that put more down because it means that you could end up with a better rate we could translate to, you know, paying less overall, okay? So the, the, the next question is, so now, of course, basically, from what you're suggesting, whereas the lender used to put, used to allow us to put down 5%, now they're mm -hmm. asking us to put down more, which is 10%. But you also yes. said something about the right to buy. Can you, no, sorry, not right to buy, help to buy. Maybe help to buy more light on that what does that mean how does that work okay the help to buy is a scheme that was developed by the government to help uh first-time buyers or home movers um just continue on the property ladder or first-time buyers get on the property ladder in london the government would give you 40 percent of the value of your property as the deposit towards buying that um, property. And if you're out of London, it's 20%. A good example of this is, uh, like I said, a 100,000 mortgage, a uh, 100,000 property, 40% of it, 40,000 pounds of it would be um, given to you for the first five years, interest-free that would help you get onto the property ladder and you are expected to top it off with the 5% deposit, okay? But after year five, year six, you're expected to now start paying the money back at the interest rate of 1.75. And then after it goes in line with inflation and it's topped up subsequently. But the help to buy, um, scheme is developed by the government just to help the first-time buyers get onto the property ladder and the reason why um it is much more higher in london obviously the cost of living in london is much more higher than outer london that that's why the difference in the percentage is there 
that is that is very very interesting i mean the first question that came to mind was like wow does that mean every first time buyer can qualify for this help from the government or are there criteria that you need to fulfill to to be able to be eligible for that help because 40 percent deposit from the government seems to me quite generous what what do you say to that uh obviously the um i would say the government we definitely have criteria for you to meet because every time they can hurry we definitely want to jump on the bandwagon and go for it but for help to buy first of all you have to be um a first-time buyer you have to be earning up to sixty thousand and less not more okay you have to come across as someone that cannot afford to buy a, a property alone okay um what else uh when you say a first-time buyer as well you might have had a property before but you sold the property as long as you haven't bought another property for the uh for up to 24 months that is two years you can still be termed a first-time buyer and then you can be eligible to buy a property but if you are a first-time buyer and you have been not been up to date with your payment on other credit commitments then you will not be eligible for the help to buy obviously this is only um, um offered to um first-time buyers that they know that would keep up with payments keep up with payment with the mortgage and keep up with the payment subsequently when the um 40 percent or the 20 percent respectively is due for payment so um those are some of the criteria of the help to buy okay i mean that sounds really interesting so from what i understand you need to earn less than sixty thousand. so for those of you that earn that's right. more than sixty thousand, unfortunately this is not something that you might qualify for so if i meet all those criteria so i am my credit is very good i pay all my credit on time i earn less than sixty thousand pounds I live in London, I've never bought a property or even though I've bought a property in the past, I don't have one at the moment and I've not had one in the last 24 months. How do I then go about applying for this help to buy mortgage? Okay, um, with the help to buy mortgage, they have, uh, you can basically just Google help to buy and um, it will direct you to uh, sort of the help to buy our website. Um, let me see if i could get the website up uh but basically you have a designated website that tells you more about help help to buy help to buy in um scheme at the moment is only for new builds that means that you can approach any of these developments uh, i think barracks taylor wimpy uh Pasimo, um is it david wilson all these new developers and they have particular properties that are um, they offer under the help to buy scheme and they will put you to um, what is required initially what they normally do is that they assess your affordability when I mean what I mean by affordability is that they look at your income and look at the fact that you're actually eligible for the help to buy 
and you can afford the value of the property they are looking to sell you okay and once they've done that assessment they would ask if you have a personal um mortgage advisor that you're going with or they have their own uh, mortgage in-house mortgage advisor that would take you on and then go through the process of applying for a mortgage for you but the initial um thing about help to buy is that you go to the website the website gives you sort of like a calculator as well just making sure that you do your homework before you approach these developers and um it's got a calculator there that calculates how much your income would um how how would i say how uh, much you are able to afford what how much the value of the property that you're able to afford based on your income and how much your deposit would be and how much the 40 percent will be or the 20 percent will be and the loan amount as well so those are the basic things that you find on the help to buy uh, website that is that is very very interesting so really um help to buy for first time buyers may, means that you would be looking to buy a new property a brand new property a new build but if you're, That's right. if you're looking to buy um a property obviously that is not a new build you might not qualify for the help to buy scheme okay that's fair enough a few things from what you've said as well that i'd like you to help us unpack so you talked about affordability um and i know for different lenders the way they calculate that is different but is, can you kind of like shed light very general or you want to go specific so maybe if you know the criteria for some lenders and you want to use that as an example that's fine but just generally how do lenders work out affordability okay um i was funny enough i was speaking to backlist yesterday and we were like i'm currently doing a help to buy um case and i was going to um the fact that obviously the um client's income and how much they are eligible for based on the fact that it's helped to buy. Barclays calculates your income times four times four nine. Four times four nine. Four times yeah four point four nine times your income. Why not four point five? I wonder. Typical backlist. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously um if it's something if it's not helped to buy they have another kind of like income multiple but the income multiple for specifically for help to buy is that okay so they just take your income multiply it by 4.49 and that's how much they're willing to lend you um they take your income yeah multiply it by that but they would now draw down on any of your credit commitments that you have so that that actually normally have a dent on your affordability as well so the more debts you have the lesser you will be able to borrow so it is much like i'm sure you've discussed about debt and uh, the importance of keeping your uh, debt in control because the more outgoings you have the less money you would have to be able to afford your mortgage okay so that's quite interesting i mean it's quite helpful Yes. that our viewers, um, sorry, our listeners have an idea of where to start from. So, from what we understand, for help to buy, the way backlist specifically calculated is 4.49 times your income 
less any outstanding debt so that would be loans credit cards and any other commitments okay so that's interesting so what if it wasn't helped to buy what would the income multiplier be okay um some it like it varies from lenders okay for some lenders will go 4.4 times your income some some are 4.5 and if you're earning over the 50,000 threshold some goes as high as five times your income wow that's interesting i mean five yes. times anyone's income is very i'm sure it's very very helpful that would be yes. that would be a good thing okay so it depends on the lender so the question now is i mean obviously it's not a good idea to call around all the different lenders and find out which um sorry what the income multipliers are so if i wanted to find out the lenders with the higher more income multipliers how would you suggest i go about doing this uh just speak to your broker exactly that was what that's, that was it so that's, <laughs> that's, that that's why we're there for yes. the difference between using a, a broker a qualified experienced broker like yourself that's right. and going straight to your bank am i correct that's right yeah you bank when you go to a high street bank you're, you're limited to that particular bank or lender but obviously, if you go to a, a broker, I must say, this day and age, everybody's um, credit um, circumstances are different. They're unique to each individual. So a broker is able to deal with that and place you with the correct lender, whilst um, the high street lender would just stereotype you. They're expecting this, 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 this. And if you don't fall into that category, that's it. You won't be able to access um, um, a mortgage. But a broker does otherwise. They look at your circumstances and then approach the lenders that will fit your circumstances. Okay, I mean, I would, I, I would want you to plug, you know, your your company and your services towards the end, so that at least people then have the opportunity to make notes and try and reach you. But before then, um, as a broker, how would you get, you know, me a mortgage? So what would you look at that would help you get a mortgage that would suit my own individual or particular circumstances okay um do you mean in in the context of assessing you or asking a basic question about about yourself or what well the question i'm trying to ask is so obviously the way you would work is different from the way uh, a high street lender mortgage advisor would work and i'm just trying to highlight the difference because of course we know that the high street lender would only offer you the products that they have Mm -hmm. and whatever product they have whether or not it's best for you is what they're going to offer you but with uh, with you as an independent you would do things a bit differently you're not just looking at the products there's so many other different things that you look at before you advise on this i think is the best product for you so my question is how would you assess it differently from the high street lender what makes you unique what makes you better what makes you special okay (laughs) okay what makes me special is that um what would i say i come to see you 
ask about you, ask about your lifestyle. I understand the way you spend your credit commitment, even if you have had um, maybe areas history that is understandable in this uh, day and age, like I said. Um, and I personalize it, and um, and that's where I take forward. That's what I take forward, and look for a lender that would actually um, take on board whatever um, circumstances you are in and um, empathize with you because there's some lenders that would say nope if you've got arrears they're not looking at it and then there's some lenders that would go okay yeah you've got arrears that is understandable something's like can that like that can happen but um, I would as a lender I would only take maybe two arrears or three arrears in every year um would your client have your client had only two or three arrears in a year yes i'll be able to help and it's going to be on a competitive rate as well so i will be able to speak to a lender on that context that okay would they be able to help based on the particular client's circumstances not just a stereotyping type of thing and um i how would i say obviously i've got i've got different level of experiences where we've got ccjs we've got areas we've got um different cases and i'm able to adapt to each uh, person's circumstances and place them in the various um uh, lenders that can uh, um, take them on board mm-hmm. i hope i answered that question yes you have so from what i understand what you're saying is that number one you don't stereotype what you do is you understand the person the person's circumstances and based on that you know which lenders to go for and you also know which mortgage products would suit the personal individual. that's right and you also speak to the to the lender on their behalf so you don't just say okay lender this is this person's application end up but you actually negotiate on behalf of the of the customer on the on behalf of the client and try and get them the best possible rate. rate. That's right. Yeah. So that I mean for me that is brilliant. A few things um I think my listeners might struggle with. So you were talking about things like areas CCJs. I know if someone has a CCJ they would know that they have a CCJ. So maybe we should I don't know. But for people who've never had a CCJ maybe we need to kind of explain what that means what does an arrears mean what does a ccj mean why is it important not to ensure that you don't put yourself in that situation especially if you're looking to going to apply for a mortgage in the nearest future right uh yes let's start with arrears okay right yes arrears is when okay let's say a credit card on a monthly basis you're meant to put um make a payment of at least 0.5 percent um on your outstanding balance every month you're expected to make that payment if for some um, reason you do not make the payment on the due date you will get a letter i think about 10 days after telling you that you've missed that payment if you do not make the payment and it goes over to the second month you are 
technically in arrears of your account. So you've missed the payment, you're in arrears. And the more months that you miss the payment, the more months is counted against you. So you're in arrears for one, two, three, four, that is a no-no. It will dent your credit score and lenders are not really happy with it because take it for example, you saying that you want to take out a mortgage and then you 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 have your credit card that you're you're already in arrears, you're not keeping up with the payments. They will look at that and say, nope, you you're not even keeping up with the credit card. Mortgages is a lifelong and one of the most expensive um, investments, credit commitment that you make. And if you cannot even maintain a credit card, then um, obviously you might not be able to maintain uh, a mortgage. Okay, the second one, CCJs. Right, CCJs might not be on credit card. It might be just a simple parking ticket where you get or you got a ticket sometimes it might be that you're not even aware that you had a ticket and that ticket was left unpaid and when um correspondence have been made and for some reason i'm, I'm giving you the benefit of doubt that you, you're not aware of it or even if you're aware you just ignored it and it came to a stage where they've done the first demand they've done the second demand and then they've warned you that it's going to go to the county court judgment on to the county court judgment and you still ignored it then a default or a county court judgment is placed against your name and that shows that okay you had sort of like a simple penalty and you've refused to pay the penalty and it had to go to court and then the court has made a decision that okay they're going to mark it against you that you were unable to make that payment and that is normally marked on your credit file for up to six years and those are things that mortgage lenders do not like to see because taking that same scenario that if you're unable to make a payment on a simple uh, parking ticket, you might refuse to make payment on your mortgage. And that means that it's going to be a default and it could lead to re repossession. And that is normally expensive. So to avoid all that, they wouldn't even bother giving you a mortgage. So it's basically marked against you as well. So that's the main difference between arrears and um, um, CCJs. And arrears sometimes, like I've forgotten to, to mention that, arrears all, 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 always goes into default. If you leave the arrears unattended, unpaid, it will be marked as a default on your credit file. Okay, that's very interesting. So there are three things that we need to look out for. First of all, it's the <laughs> four things maybe. First of all, is the missed payment. So, a payment is due. You've not paid it. It's yes. a missed payment. If you if it goes into the second month, it becomes an arrears. If it goes on for long enough, default. it becomes a default. 
if the default is not dealt with it becomes a county court judgment that's right ccj and basically that tells the lender that this person has a pattern of not making their payments they're not responsible to make their payments on time and so that's a place that you don't want to be okay so what i would like you to do now is i'm a first-time buyer and i want to buy what do i need to do to get myself prepared to buy how do i go about getting myself prepared to buy to the point where i'm in a position okay the first key thing is once you've decided that you want to buy or you you plan to buy first is know how you start saving towards it so if you're sort of a person that spends don't keep track track of your money or like you're spending from time to time you you're meant to reorganize your spending start saving have an idea also have an idea of what kind of property you're looking to buy how much you're saving towards as well and um, obviously you need to know more about mortgages what type of mortgage you want is it a fixed or variable or um, capped I'm not sure if we are having capped anymore but yes most of the time we have a, a fixed or the various types of um, rates that we have as well. You need to look at that as well because sometimes lenders would like you to know exactly what you want. Uh, regarding the amount as well, lenders would like to know exactly the um, value of the property you're looking to buy. If you come and say that, yes, you want this, say, 100000 and then you change your mind and you say you're 150, you might end up getting declined altogether so it's best for you to organize yourself first of all start saving know exactly what kind of property you're looking to buy is it a flat is it a house is it a freehold is it a leasehold i know that there are lots of things that you need to think about yeah but the key thing is saving kind of property how much you're looking to buy and then the type of um, rates that you're interested um in um getting is it a fixed or variable rate and contact a broker a broker would be able to reorganize what you want you're able to tell the broker exactly what you want and they will be able to place you with the current lender with a competitive rate as well okay wow that is that is so much you know what i'm gonna do i think we're gonna bring you back (laughs) break down yes it's long yes and it's how it's like there's so many different aspects to it because i'm sure um i know definitely someone's going to ask me that question so how do i know what a good mortgage is but i don't think we have enough time for that now so what i'm going to do definitely if you're willing to bring you back to come and talk to us about mortgages different types of mortgages how to know what a good mortgage is and all that good stuff but as we round up, I want you to plug your business and your services. If people want to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch okay. with you? Um, like it's like what Missy said earlier, my name is Aditum Oyedike. I work with Aitana Financial Service. 
we are an organized financial service um, that uh, deals with mortgages as well as protection, investment. In a nutshell, we are a financial, like financial advisors. Okay, you can get me on aditone.oyetipe at aitana.co.uk. And I'll leave it at that. If you send me an email, I'll be able to contact you directly. And um, you can contact Missy as well. And uh, she'll be uh, able to um, refer you to me as well. Thank you so very much for that. I'm going to put her email details in the description of the podcast. And I also do... um, and I have an Instagram post so when I do the poster for this particular episode I'll put it in the description as well so you you, sh- you should be able to get it from either of those um, two um, points but if not send us a message I speak to Tone all the time I'll put you in touch with her Tone thank you so very very much for this I'm so appreciative and I know my listeners will be as well and like I said I'm going to take you up on bringing you back to talk about mortgages because i think that's something everyone should know about so thank you thank very you much. thank you so much missy for um uh, i'm quite honored um, coming onto your podcast and it's always a pleasure thank you so hi guys thank you so much i, I think that was an amazing episode it's my first recording of um interviewing an expert so i think i'm going to do a few more of this this has been really really good Again, like I always say, if you have any questions, you want us to talk about a topic we haven't already dealt with, you want to ex- want us to expand on topics that we've already dealt with, get in touch, listen, share with your friends, share in your groups, subscribe, subscribe, and subscribe. We've got up to 200 listens at the moment. We're trying to get to 500 before the end of this month. So try and get your people to listen, get your friends to listen. And um, as always, my name is Missy and this is the Morning Matters Podcast.